Same time, same station. Salute. I am your host, JF Bay. This is the Third Eye High Podcast. We deal with a higher consciousness of a flyer culture. I'm just here to shine my light your way to help you find your light switch and keep your light lit. Hope you got your third eye high uh, as we continue on with the book report series. I got a powerful book that I want you guys to add to your library. And we're still dealing with uh, so-called Black History Month, but um, American history is our history, your history, because you are the true American. According to Webster's Merriam Dictionary, 1878, the definition for American, the copper-colored races here before Columbus arrived, later changed to the descendants of Europeans. They traded places with you, right? I got a powerful book that I want to add to your library, right? I encourage everyone to pick this book up and it speaks directly to this uh, statement we all have been quoting for, for years, right? Even all the way up until the 60s, you know, our parents, you know, passed this statement down to us and we all seem to uh, hold this statement synonymous with after slavery, right? Slavery's over, right? We all held this synonymous with, okay, so slavery's over. What came out of that? Now, the 40 acres and a mule. Anybody remember that statement? Someone was uh, promising some people that were (laughs) supposedly freed in 1865, but remember, the Emancipation Proclamation of produced by Lincoln, it never mentioned uh, freeing African slaves or people from Africa. In fact, the, the, the legislation reads, uh, or the proclamation reads, free all such persons held in bondage. Because they were referring, referring to poor white <laughs> slaves as well. And there was a switch of class that happened after this. And in fact, the treatment of our people got worse after slavery ended. Extremely worse. So we're going to go into what we're referring to. You know, uh, a lot of us really don't understand the concept of like, where did that come from? That 40 acres in the mule situation. Like, where did, where did that come from? What's that about? And today we're going to explore that 40 acres and the mule situation. So now, today's installment of the book report, I I want you guys to add this book to your library. The book we're gonna review, 40 acres and a mule. The Freedmen's Bureau and Black Land Ownership by Claude F. Aubrey. 40 acres and a mule, the Freedmen's Bureau and Black Land Ownership by Claude F. Abri. This is one powerful book that we're about to go over. Salute to my listeners. Now, a lot of us, you know, hear the story of slavery and, you know, we got the watered down version of, you know, history that they told us in school, a bunch of bullshit that, you know, never really told you what really happened. And then, you know, they freed the slaves, 1865, you're free and all this other stuff, right? And 
we all remember that phrase, 40 acres and a mule, right? Oh, our people were supposed to be promised 40 acres and a mule, whatever happened to that? Well, this book explains what happened to that. In fact, this book explains the temperament of this administration, of all administrations of this country at large as to why they keep tiptoeing around the conversation of reparations. Why they feel like they don't have to compensate the ancestors and the descendants of these ancestors for the atrocities that they caused, the, the, the genocide, the Holocaust that they caused, but yet the so-called Jewish Holocaust survivors, billions of dollars in reparations. When that was a fraud on its face, and anyone wants to challenge me on the conversation, I can back it up with scholarship, right? Because we deal with facts over feelings. So now, this book, 40 Acres and a Mule, The Freedmen's Bureau and Black Land Ownership by Claude F. O'Brien. This book is very powerful because it goes directly to the time after slavery. And it, it goes into the operations of the Freedmen's Bureau. Now, the Freedmen's Bureau was set up to be an office that was supposed to help us in the acquiring of the land and this 40 acres and a mule concept and basically to restore what they destroyed, right? They destroyed a people generationally and then, oh shit, our bad. Y'all keep hope alive, you know what I'm saying? Y'all figure it out. When they, they, they've to date made billions of dollars on slave movies. So they're gonna keep showing you what they did to your people but they're not gonna address what they did to your people. Now, I'm not gonna leave this earth until this story is made right. They owe, right? And we ain't talking about with our handouts and y'all gotta, y'all, y'all fucking owe. Y'all know y'all. But the scholarship is hidden in these books to, to show us how to get our conversation in a particular fashion where they can't ignore us. Right? We're not emotional and we're not just saying we want some handouts and, and this, that, and the other. Nope. We're going to document it. And we're going to pull up the documentation through history that's been buried. And they just telling us to get over it. So how do you tell the people to get over a condition you caused on the people? And then every year you keep putting out a movie <laughs> reminding these people of what you did to them. And then you reap all the benefits <laughs> from the sales of, of the movie. So... We're gonna get into this book, and this book is very powerful. I encourage everyone to add it to your library. So we're gonna we're gonna start off with a particular chapter, right? And this chapter is powerful, man. Man, this chapter. Uh, okay, where where are we? The sermon reservation. Oh, it, it's a few chapters I'm gonna bounce around to, and just show you, you know, how crazy this concept of the 40 acres and a mule was and believe it or not the 40 acres and a mule was a proposal <laughs> nobody actually promised that to us that's the secret right see all the shit that lincoln was talking was double talk and that's why he got a bullet in the head because once they got him out of the way he was the poster for child for, for the face of yeah we got to end this institution but the south and the north both benefited from slavery and they didn't give a fuck. They cared about who had the bag and those who have the bag have the votes. So let's go to chapter four. Chapter four, 
40 Acres and a Mule, The Freedmen's Bureau of Black Land Ownership by Claude Aubry. Just gonna read an excerpt. Alternative Proposals and the Southern Homestead Act. So we gotta, we're gonna go into something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really review some scholarship as we go along, right? Because if we don't study history, what's the saying? You're doomed to repeat it. This is real because if you don't study the fact that a lot of this shit that they are, they're performing or stuff they're getting away with today on our people, they've done it over and over in history. No matter the administration, it's the same policy. Treat these people less than no matter what. This is why 2023, you still clinging to an organization called Black Lives Matter. The organization itself should be sued for, for impersonation. Because no one on the fucking planet is a color. Stay with me. When you call yourself a particular color that you think is an identity, when black is a description, like my, my, my yellow friend, but you wouldn't call any of your Asian friends yellow. You, you would, that's my Japanese buddy. That's my, that's my uh, Taiwanese brother, right? You would refer to the land in which they're from. Now you wouldn't call an African an African because an African from the continent on the political side would be insulted if you just called him an African. My brother, I'm from Cameroon. <laughs> My brother, I'm Nigerian, I'm from Nigeria. He's gonna specify the exact location on the continent in which his ancestors are from. And if you were taken from Africa, why don't you know which part? There's 52 nations in Africa. It's 2023, my people. You keep saying you African-American. Well, what part of Africa you were taken from? And why hasn't this nation spoke up on your behalf in regards to reparations? Right, because it's all cat. Black is a legal status, right? Because at one time they called you a Negro. At one time they called you colored. At one time they called you an African-American, an Afro-American. Why is it you're the only people in history where your name keeps changing? Huh, I wonder why. Because they're hiding their identity. So now in 1861, they created this concept of white. Excuse me, in 1681, they created this concept of white, where they were going to call all these people white people. And it has nothing to do with white skin. White person just refers to property owner, <laughs> the person they can vote. See, still today, our votes aren't counted. That's why they call it the black vote. But if white's a legal status and they became white by way of an oath, to become a citizen, to become an American, because they weren't Americans before. Remember, they told you they were the settlers. They were the people from Europe. From Europe. So why aren't they called European Americans if they came from the continent of Europe, right? Because you're sticking with the concept of I'm an African American, right? I'm in America, but I'm from the continent of Africa, right? So if that oxymoron makes sense to our people, why aren't all these whites called European Americans? Why, why are they just called Americans? Because they traded places with you. You became the immigrant that can't never get back to the continent that you never left. Right. Because you're standing on West Africa, but here nor there. So in 18... 1865, this so-called, we're going to free these people campaign came about. And believe it or not, 
Allegedly, they said there were 4 million slaves free. Well, as the census records revved up, you know, every 10 years they would record the population of the people. They started to record more people that were slaves. Do you see what's going on here? So you had a lot of people that were free that were later classified as former slaves on the census records. This is important because if I classified you as a former slave, you couldn't own property. You couldn't own property. And in fact, the conditions in this country got harsher for our people after slavery. Now, they had something during slavery called the Christian Black Codes of 1724. Long ass list of shit that basically how to police these niggas. And one of the, the uh, codes on the Christian Black Codes of 1724, if you see two or more of these Negroes gathering on the corner, break it up. What do the police do when they when they racially profiling us in, in, in the community, in our own so-called community? Cops break that shit up, don't they? The, the, the stop and frisk and all this other crazy shit that they implemented in the 90s. All of this stuff came back from the inception of slavery. Because remember, the officer was the overseer. And the first ones that had the badge was the sheriff, the sheriff. They were the slave catchers. Now, we know this, you know, loosely, but I'm going to zero in on some of these points because I'm painting a picture here. Right. And I'm not on the soapbox. And I'm not in my feelings. I'm passionate about my people. So when I speak of this story, you're going to you're going to feel and hear that passion. But I'm not angry. I'm just saying we're going to get this story right. And once we get it right, they can't play us. They can't spin us and they're going to make it right because they got the bag. They, they printed $7 trillion and filled their pockets up during this COVID fraud. So they got the money. And they got the policies to implement it, to allocate the money, to give it out. They don't need to create a commission. All that shit is capped. So I'm saying to my people, this year I'm going to be presenting a lot of books that can help us get our story right. I'm telling all my people, hold your vote. Don't vote for none of these people in none of these fucking elections if that concept of reparations isn't on the bill. Not... Oh, I'm going to help you guys once you vote me in office, like like some Biden shit. Oh, I'm going to cancel student debt. And then he duped millions of you niggas that are still in debt. Got you, niggas, because none of these politicians are honest. But we're going to force the, the administration to be honest, right? The, the whole concept of government itself has to be revitalized, has to be revamped. Because it don't matter who get in the seat if they're all pushing the same policy of old. And this is why we have to study history. So let's go on. The alternative proposal and the Southern Homestead Act. Not aware of the potential consequences of restoration under the president's pardoning policy, bureau agents in particular and others sought alternative answers to the freedmen's plight of landlessness. Many agents offered proposals to Howard who acted on some while rejecting others. Some such proposals eventually were forwarded to Congress, where they were influential in passage of the Southern Homestead Act and in the act extending the life of the Bureau. Quartermaster M.G. Uh, Megis devised a plan whereby many of the freedmen could secure land in the South. He proposed as a condition for receiving pardons that those Southern Southerners with a net worth of at least $20,000 who were excluded from automatic pardon in Johnson's amnesty proclamation, give to each head of family of their former slaves from five to 10 acres of land. The Bureau would receive 
full title to the land with the stipulation that the land could be alienated during the lifetime the excuse me the land can't be alienated during the lifetime of the grantee this would prevent uh, sharpers from depriving the freedmen of their land the planter would only sacrifice a small portion of his plantation in order to secure his pardon while assuring, assuring himself of a small settlement of, free, of freedmen to serve as an adequate labor supply. Megas pointed out that unless landowners were willing to adopt such measures, freedmen would be forced to seek homes in the western homestead lands. This type of immigration would impoverish the South, whose fields without labor would be worthless. Howard forwarded the recommendation to Stanton, who sent it to the president, to President Johnson. Johnson chose not to adopt the recommendation, but it might have been the basis of Thaddeus, of Thaddeus Stevens' later, later confiscation plan. Carl, uh, Carl Schultz and John W. Uh, Sprague proposed that the government assign freedmen land along the route of the Union Pacific Railroad and furnish them with transportation. In this manner, the land would be settled and the freedmen would protect the railroad from Indian attack. This plan would remove some of, uh, some of, the, rail, uh, some of the surplus Negro population from the South and would make the labor of those remaining more valuable. Howard received several recommendations that freedmen on the lands be colonized Hmm, I don't like that word, <laughs> be colonized along Southern railroads. By colonizing freedmen on the lands belonging to the railroad companies, these railroads, which had suffered extensive damage during the war, could be restored to full service and many cases could be extended. The Memphis and Little Rock Railroad Company offered to hire from 500 to 1,000 Negro ex-soldiers and offer freedmen to construct the railroad, railroad for Duval's Bluff, Arkansas to Memphis, Tennessee, the contractor uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest proposed to pay the blacks one dollar per day. Let's stop here. As we, we're hearing, they're they're trying to come up with these series of proposals and they're pitching them to Congress, right? Oh, okay, so instead of just making it right off the rip. They didn't initially talk about this 40 acres and a mule concept. This comes later. But they're offering these different things. Oh, man, let, let these newly free people work for us on the railroad for a dollar a day. And if they repair the railroad, we might give them some land alongside the railroad. See, they're still trying to find a way to not make shit right, but to get labor out of our people yet again, to underpay them. Instead of giving them the land that was confiscated, now, keep in mind, a lot of the land they confiscated during slavery, excuse me, during the Civil War from these plantation owners, they gave them the fucking land back. In fact, the only people compensated during slavery were the slave masters. Did you know that? When they so-called freed the people, they compensated the slave master for each one of the slaves he had. Paid them outright. Make that make sense. They confiscated their land, then after the war, they gave them their land back. Make that right. See, this is the shit they don't want to tell you in, in, in schools and in, in history class and history books. Interesting. Man, the contractor, uh, he proposed to pay the blacks one dollar, right? 
per day plus the rations and the land from the railroad grant. Since Arkansas, under its temporary black codes, forbid Negro ownerships of land, Forrest and his associates agreed to bind themselves to secure the freedmen in the possession of the land they earned. Upon the request of the Bureau agents in Tennessee, Howard provided transportation to Arkansas for several hundred destitute freedmen in Alabama. He instructed General E.O.C. Ord the detail, to detail a capable, discreet officer interested in the work of the Bureau. As superintendent in the district embraced by the proposed railroads, his primary function was to protect the freedmen and all their rights and interests. Howard also informed Ord, N.B. Forrest is the contractor, and from a personal interview with him, I am of the opinion that he is disposed to everything that is fair and right for the Negroes, which may be employed. From this, one might assume that Howard did not know Forrest's reputation. General uh, Nathaniel Bedford Forrest had commanded the Confederate troops who attacked Fort Pillow. Union forces claimed that after black troops at Fort Pillow surrendered under a flag of truce, they were butchered by the Confederate soldiers. The Confederates claimed that after they saw the truce flag, they ceased fire and relaxed their guard, whereupon the Union forces recommenced firing. Angered by this duplicity, they attacked again and resolved to show no mercy. Union officers charged that as commanding officer of the Confederate forces involved in the slaughter, Forrest was responsible for the actions of his soldiers. Howard was fully aware of the charges for a letter to Forrest on December 15, 1868. He stated, my great objections would be your own agency. You are a stranger to me personally. Therefore, I defend upon your reputation for my opinions. Yet I do not wish to act with a view to your personal injury and would suggest that your directors send with their letter some agent to General Ord with your practical proposition. Obviously, Howard was willing to experiment with any type of labor which would help the freedmen become self-sufficient. Colonel S.M. Preston in Mississippi proposed that the pay due that to pay due that the pay due to the soldiers of his black regiment be used to purchase 16,000 acres of land in Mississippi, thus providing some 800 families with 20 acres each. The families could work the land while the men completed their active service with the money from their first crop and their final settlement from the military, the men could pay for their lands purchased and have enough to provide for their needs for the next year. Howard approved the proposal and returned all communication to Colonel Thomas, the assistant commissioner for Mississippi for further action. However, Thomas hesitated to violate Mississippi's black codes, which prohibited Negroes from renting or leasing land. He informed Howard that he would sustain all leases or contracts made before the passage of the codes. Unfortunately, this statement implied that he would not sustain any leases, contracts, or sale of the land made after the passage of the codes. However, Howard informed Thomas that while the Bureau remained in Mississippi, it would protect the freedmen in their right to lease land. 
He pointed out that the whole power of the government inurement was pledged to sustain the freedmen, uh, the freedom of the Negro. He therefore instructed Thomas to secure from the department commander whatever military forces were necessary to protect the freedmen in their leases. Now keep in mind, they, they show us this story or they tell us this story, you know, how slavery ended and shit was all cool and they threw a party and you guys are free now. When they created this Freedmen's Bureau and the agents of the Freedmen's Bureau that was supposed to help make things right and help get the people their land back and allocate land to these so-called freed slaves, prisoners of war, these, these uh, agents had to run around with military protection. In fact, they had to use the military to, to, to force these people to start to do business with these newly freed people. So we didn't have our rights because they still had to use the military. You remember in, in the 60s when the, the so-called uh, black students wanted to integrate into the white schools and they were being escorted by the military? Well, that's how it was in 1865. So we caught more hell after slavery ended. And believe it or not, during that time, more of our people were free. Now, not to say they weren't being exploited, not to say that their land wasn't being taxed and confiscated and all this other shit by way of the so-called government. See, we're trying to put this in a context to where you get out your feelings and you start looking at the facts. So they speak of these black codes. Let's go into the black codes. So they saying the black codes in Mississippi said Negroes couldn't own land. But remember, you're not considered a free person if you didn't acquire land. See, they adopted the status of free white persons. Free white persons mean you were a landowner and you had the right to vote. That's all it meant. It had nothing to do with the color of your skin. See, they got us stuck into that argument. So we look at anybody with pale skin like they're a part of that institution. No, they benefit from the institution, but they're not the ones that created it or the ones that enforce it. So we have to take this conversation up on high to all of these administrations, to all of this Congress situation, right? Because Congress reeks of fucking fraud. You got people in Congress that $100,000 salary and they're all multi-billionaires. Make that make sense. How do they get all this money? Then they tell you about all the people, Nancy Pelosi's and all these people in Congress that made money off of the vaccines and, and, and stock tips and all. They got rich during COVID. All of this shit is cap. It's a scam demic. And for those that think it's going to end in May, I got a little news for you. They just passed their third clinical trial for Moderna's vaccine. They made a COVID slash flu vaccine, if you want to believe that shit. <laughs> Nigga, you take that flu vaccine, they're giving you the COVID shit. You can take my word for it or not. They just created a flu slash COVID test at home test kit that they about to roll out nigga they got products so if they're gonna cancel the scamdemic in may why are they creating new products the fda just passed the the uh full authorization use which means the vaccines are now permanent they're not you know the temporary year uh year um time span they're now permanent and in fact they made it permanent that now you can give triple boosters to six month olds you think this is stopping? They got paid. Now, I want to ask somebody, how is it that <laughs> the, the, the vaccine companies are paying a royalty to the government? Make that make sense. So the government is pushing propaganda to say you should get the vaccine. 
and the company that amasses profits from selling you the vaccine, they're paying kickback money to the government. Put a pen in that. I don't want to go over nobody's heads, but let's get back to this. Let's look at these black codes, right? Because I want you guys to research the Christian black codes of 1724. Now, this was during slavery. Key word, black codes. So anyone that that fell under the status of black, not black skin, not, oh, my God, the great cosmic black gods of Egypt. All that shit is cat. Anybody telling you that that black cosmic god shit, they're hustling you. And most of our people were forced to basically steal your nationality from you by perpetrating that shit on you. Because at one time you call somebody black, that, that, that was a fight. At one time you call somebody a Negro, that would be a problem. At one time you call somebody colored, that would be a problem. But then we started to adopt these names and then we started to call ourselves that shit via the census records. Because on the census records, you had the right to self-identify. At one time they called people mulattoes. Why they don't use that term mulatto today? Because that shit's offensive. Remember the, the, the artist that called herself Miss Mulatto on some offensive shit and she changed her name to Lotto. Right, because the crackers say, hey, wait a minute, you're opening up wounds. We can't have that because many of these so-called whites are mixed. Right. So if mulatto's an offensive term, black would be an offensive term also. When they say people of color, I want you to look at the law definition for color. In the law dictionary, Black's Law Dictionary for color, the assemblance of that which appears to be but not real in reality, a deceptive appearance, a disguise. That's what color means. So when they say people of color, that's a cold word for niggas that have no national origin, that have no ancestry, no identity, no land. That's a cold word when they say that. So when they put out all these grants for people of color, that means anybody that's not so-called white can get access to any of that funds, any of that money. Oh, you think that's not happening? Well, they created the cannabis fund for people of color and, and so-called people that were incarcerated for crimes, uh, for selling marijuana, can now get access to this money so they can be dispensary owners. But that's not happening because the people of color, you got Indians tapping into that money. You got Asians coming together with the Asian Cannabis Council. They're all getting access to the money and our people are cut out because you have no political standing. Black simply means civilitaire mortus. What does that mean? Your rights are civilly dead in the eyes of the law. How do we prove that? Well, in the 60s, wasn't they marching for people to get civil rights when I thought you were free? But in 1866, they passed the Civil Rights Act. 100 years later, they passed the Civil Rights Act of 1864. And what did Martin Luther King say? I feel as though I integrated my people into a burning house. He knew he got hustled. That's why they had to get rid of him. See, they used uh, Martin Luther King first. He was supposed to be their guy. See, the people that started the protest was the college kids, the Southern Christian uh, Leadership Conference. The, the, it's always the youth. The young kids got it popping and they created the protests and the sit-ins and the, the, the bus boycotts and all that. Martin Luther King was their token Negro preacher. That was a Freemason. So they brought him in to neutralize the movements of the young people. But as Martin Luther King began entrenching himself into our people's issues, he decided to stand up for the people. See, everyone just clings on to his I have a, I have a dream speech. I want you to YouTube Martin Luther King's last speech. That speech he gave for the sanitation workers before he was killed. 
when he was denouncing the war and all this other shit, that was a brother speaking from his soul. And they had to get rid of that brother. When Malcolm started to speak from his soul, they had to get rid of that brother. Because he showed how the nation was in bed with the Jews and all that shit is just business. On the surface, it looked like black revolution, but that shit is all business. Right, a lot of our people sold out their own people. That's that's what we're looking at. And that's the ugly truth that we don't want to talk about. And we just look at these individual clubs as if we're making progress. Yeah, Farrakhan's a multimillionaire. <laughs> what about the nation being multimillionaires? Right, <laughs> right. Let's look at this, though. I want, I want to go over these codes, these Christian black codes that they speak of, because this shit is disturbing, right? Because these codes they had after slavery. So which means anybody that classified themselves as black, this is how we would treat them. So this is why I'm saying we got to really get back our national identity and stop playing this color game with these people. Got to stop doing that. Let's look at these codes. So the post-bellum black codes, immediately after the Civil War, Southern states passed erroneous laws to maintain their legal control and economic power over African Americans. In response to the 1865 passage of the 13th Amendment, right? They keep saying the 13th Amendment freed the slaves. Nah, nigga, they created those black codes and tiptoed right around the Constitution because you still call yourself color and it ain't got nothing to do with your skin because come on i ain't met a person on the planet earth who got black skin let's be real your skin is more copper color copper color hue but the color of your skin is not your national identity but let's get back under slavery whites had disciplined blacks mostly outside the law after emancipation fearing blacks revenge see pay attention after slavery ended these whites said, oh, they free. They probably gonna do what we gonna do, get revenge. They probably wanna kill us like we've been killing them. So they created these codes. Here's how we gonna treat these free niggas. Cause they still sleep with one eye open, even still to this day. That's why they call us angry niggas when we wanna talk about reparations, when it's like, yo, how did Jews get their compensation and y'all keep reminding us of this anti-Semitic bullshit when y'all don't wanna have a, even have a conversation with us about our genocide, our holocaust that was caused by this government not, not another foreign country and shit, not a Hitler character we're talking about administration after administration after administration after emancipation fearing blacks revenge slave owners sought to institute a comparable level of legal control over former slaves, while some blacks were not harsh most were, African why wouldn't we have animosity towards these motherfuckers for what they caused? Racial genocide, Holocaust, wiping out of populations, raping and murder and pillage of our women and children. Are you serious? And we still have God's heart to have compassion for these people and they won't even have a conversation about compensation. Really, nigga? The nerve of these people. While some blacks were not harsh, most were. African-Americans could not serve on juries, could not sue or testify against whites, were prohibited from owning farms, or were forced to sign unequal labor contracts. 
the U.S. Congress immediately responded to the Black Codes by passing the Civil Rights Act of 1866. See what's going on? So they passed the Civil Rights Act of 1866, but why were we marching in the 60s for the same shit 100 years later? That's why Martin Luther King say, I feel as though I integrated my people into a burning house. These niggas will never honor their word. So, 100 years later, they implement the Civil Rights uh, Act of 1866. And then 100 years later, they implement the Civil Rights Act of 1960. Now, keep in mind, the Black Codes of 1868-65 are the same thing as the Jim Crow laws. Remember Jim Crow? Remember all that shit? All that shit came after slavery. You, you niggas can't sit at the lunch counter, right? You, you, you got to go to the back of the movie theater. You got to sit on the back of the bus. This is what Martin Luther King and them were fighting, but 100 years ago, they had the same shit called the Black Codes. 100 years later, they called it Jim Crow. Do, do you see what's going on? History repeats itself. They're still treating us like we slaves. Now, you can keep saying, I'm free, brother. I don't know what you're talking about. Yai, yai. He's staying in that, in that illusion of inclusion Like you got some shit Well ask them celebrities that amassed all that money and that profit Ask Chris Tucker if he's free Right now he, he's making a deal with the IRS for a 9 million dollar audit That nigga ain't made 9 million in his movie career But he, obviously you end up making more money for the studios And you end up always owing the IRS That's the trick of the devil They gonna give you everything And you always gonna owe these niggas on the way out you end up owing them more than you ever made. Aye, they get them niggas allowance. See, we don't hear the backstories. It just look so nice. And these people got so much money and you don't hear about their mansions being confiscated and foreclosure and, and tax issues and all that. Aye. It's the same shit that already happened. So continuing on. African-Americans could not serve on juries, right? And they passed the Civil Rights Act of 1866 banning discrimination that treated African-Americans as legally and economically inferior. And then in 1868, the 14th Amendment, which guaranteed equal protection of the laws. This was followed by a new set of Southern state laws allowing local officials to discriminate informally. This jousting over black civil rights between the federal government and many Southern states continued through the 1950s. See, they said 100 years later, Every time they act like they give us a law that's supposed to make shit right, they implement more policies that leave us disenfranchised even more, generationally. Because what happened after the 60s? Niggas is still marching in 2023. Black Lives Matter. They got $60 million in donations from these same white corporations to pretend as if they were standing up for you. And they all ran off with the money. Or mansions and all kinds of shit. Because that's how your people do when they sell out. And you sell out for your 30 pieces of silver, yeah, you go shopping. Of course you do. What you expect them to do? They did what all niggas did in history that turned on their people. This is crazy. So, these black codes. Arkansas did not pass laws with the severe restrictions like the erroneous black codes of the Deep South. Blacks could make contracts and own real or personal property. And there was no vagrant law. However, Arkansas did pass law that prohibit African Americans from attending schools with whites and voting, as well as laws with employment restrictions and other legal rights that are often classified as black codes. Arkansas comparative mildness 
was perhaps due to the fact that the political power of the minority of large landowners had pushed to the state had pushed the state into secession but it evaporated in the post bellum period as evidence in 1864 in an election uh, conceded to be very irregular a pro-union group in Arkansas of 10% of eligible voters petitioned and were granted presidential recognition of their government. This legislation promptly ratified the 13th Amendment in 1865, but did little else for African Americans. Despite this group, despite this, groups like the Ku Klux Klan (KKK) often used terror in Arkansas to harass freedmen and neglect blacks and negate blacks legal and economic rights after the civil war see so they talk about fighting the war on terrorism well the Ku Klux Klan was a CIA operative a government agency created to terrorize and harass us from voting see they would harass us from the voting blocks see what's going on so every time they try to say well we implemented laws that's going to protect your rights and the 13th amendment and the 14th amendment and then they created a fucking terror group that had chapters in all 50 fucking states and still operates still to this day in fact biden was at the damn inauguration of one of the heads of the clans the nigga that y'all voted in yeah the zoom call president right they got 80 million mail-in votes if you want to believe that bullshit you know there it don't matter who's in the seat it's the same policy see we have to address administration on high we got to address the people that are there longer than the president you're talking about people in congress that once you get hired in congress you're there until you die see what i'm saying you don't have to step down you got judges that are lifetime judges that are pushing through laws that only disenfranchise one group of people because that was the plan from the beginning and they never were going to make this shit right and if we don't know what happened in the past we're going to keep falling for these false promises in the future. Man, this is crazy, B. One ostensibly colorblind Arkansas law that amounted to a black code was enacted. 122 of 1867 titled an act to regulate the labor system in this state with which the legislation legislature required written labor contracts and prohibited a labor from breaking a contract. Pay attention to this part. This was extremely powerful because the share system or sharecropping was dominant. The sharecropping work today was specified from sunrise to sunset. And contracts stressed that labor was a family system with wives' duties specified along with those of the children old enough to work. The laborer fell from a renter who paid rent as a share of the crop to being a wage laborer whose share on the crop was paid to him by the landlord. Because he did not own or control his crop share, this continued the exploitation of the plantation laborers, most of whom were African Americans. Now, what they're saying, after slavery ended, these ex-slave masters would now legally contract with us and now we're going to pay you for your labor. But then they would lock you into a contract where they still didn't pay you what they owed you. And then they didn't have to do anything because you didn't own the land. And even if your land was confiscated and given to a poor white, you now became a worker of that poor white. See, they put them in position to be their own boss. 
And they always kept our people in a subservient role of, we'll hire you, nigga. Nah, we're not going to give you no grants so you could be your own boss. We'll hire you. And look at what we see today. Still the same shit. Grant programs. We're going to help small business when all this shit is IE cap. Because all of that small business money that they gave the, S the, the SBA and all this other bullshit, most of these white corporations, they all created, committed mass fraud. So they're paying attention to the few people that took 10000 here, got a little unemployment, uh, you know, fraud money. But corporations got billions of dollars during this COVID shit. Like they always been getting. They created this to, to collapse the economy, to now raise the taxes on the people that they already been overtaxing. And this is why Trump was saying, you don't even see my tax return because I don't pay taxes and none of these politicians pay taxes. That's the damn hustle. We're going to tax the, the rich. We're going to... Man, that shit's all cat. The whole thing was to tax the underclass. Whatever the color. Because it's all a racket. Man, this is crazy shit. When a Republican-controlled legislature later reversed this, the Arkansas Gazette uh, appropriately um, editorialized that it had been a savage law and adverse to the interests of the property holders and white men of the state. While Arkansas did not pass laws as nefarious as the erroneous black codes of the Deep South state, African-Americans continue to be legally penalized and harassed within the state. Nothing's changed today. Nothing's changed today. And let's look at this. The Mississippi... I'm going I'm to get back to this. I'm going to get back to this. The Mississippi Black Codes. You, you guys... Matter of fact, let's go over this and we'll get back to the book. The Mississippi Black Codes of 1865. Many Southern governments enacted legislation that established antebellum power relationships. South Carolina and Mississippi passed laws known as Black Codes. Keyword, Black Codes. So if you want to keep saying I'm black, you're going to keep falling under these policies where they can kill us in the streets and don't nothing happen. Because remember what I said, you keep saying you're people of color. Color in the law dictionary, the semblance of, the appearance of, that which appears to be but not real in reality. A disguise. A deceptive appearance. See what's going on? So anytime you keep screaming that, black life matters. I thought murder was a crime, my nigga. So you ain't got to march in the streets. You shoot an Asian person, that person's going to get tried for murder. They ain't got to protest about that. But the people that still crying for civil rights... Because you're trying to be identified under a fake identity? Because which one is it? Are you black? Or are you African American? Or are you colored? Or are you a Negro? Because they still have the NAACP operating. Who the fuck do they represent? The NAACP stands for the National Advancement Association for Colored People. But ain't nobody out here called colored no more. Do me, do me a favor. Call one of your ancestors. Call, call one of your relatives colored. What's up, my colored brother? Nigga gonna look at you crazy, like, what you mean? But you should be looking crazy when I call you black, because it's the same damn thing. But I called you a Negro one time. Call somebody my Negro friend. They gonna be offended. Call somebody a mulatto. These are all terms that they called our people. Just changing the same name of the same group of people. But they never called you the original American, because you were here before Columbus got here. Go back on my book review series on the podcast. I reviewed a book, Columbus's Quest to Find Jerusalem. And he spoke about these people of dark skin that were here when he showed up. And they wasn't no damn pale face Indians. Right. 
It's the difference between American Indian and Native American, two different classes of people. They stopped calling you the American Indian and called you Afro-American. Then you start wearing your natural Afro, then they say, nope, we gotta call these niggas something else. We got it Afro-American. And that term was coined by the sellout Jesse Jackson who sold out Martin Luther King. I am or somebody. When he gave that speech, he coined the phrase African-American. Before then, they wasn't calling you that shit. So in all the history books, they retroactively put that word in the books. And you thought you was being called African-American your whole life. This shit's all cat, man. Back to this. The black codes to regulate black behavior and impose social and economic control. While they granted some rights to the African-Americans, like the right to own property, uh, to marry, this is in some states, or to make contracts, they also denied other further fundamental rights. Mississippi's vagrant law expected, excuse me, exerted uh, here, required all freedmen to carry papers, providing they had means of employment. If they had no proof, they could be arrested, fined, or even re-enslaved and leased out to their former enslavers. Pay attention to what they just said. So after slavery is over, and they freed us, you're free. They said, my nigga, you gotta carry your freedom papers around. But I thought slavery ended. So if you don't have your freedom papers or proof of employment, the damn police of the time, the sheriff could arrest you and give you to your former slave master to put you back in contract slavery. What the fuck are we talking about? Why haven't they told us this in, in history class? Why haven't they showed you that in any of the slave movies? That none of that shit ended. That it was all about policy. That they kept it as business as usual. In fact, look at all the brothers that are still incarcerated. Marijuana is legal, but it's millions of brothers still in jail for marijuana crimes. Here in New York City, soccer moms can sell weed on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> make it make sense. Legally, they could sell the shit. But you still got us arrested for selling weed that's now legal. We're talking about policy. That's only coming down on one group of people. And we keep acting like we're not being treated other than. Nah, oh, everyone's equal. Let's love everybody. Nah, bro, let's make the story right. Let's get it right. That shit is crazy. You had to carry freedom papers in a country that said we outlawed slavery. Where they told you your president freed the slaves. That shit was all cat. That's why they put a bullet in that nigga head. Because he was half black, allegedly. He was half melanated. Because I'm not going to use the term black to refer to my people. And anyone's offended by that, that's on you. Because I'm giving you the scholarship to show you that anytime you keep calling yourself that, you're subject to these Christian black codes. You're subject to these black codes that are still taking place. What happens when the cop pull in your neighborhood? Black male, white male. They're operating under color of law. They don't have no real authority. But the minute you say you black, oh, this nigga don't have no rights. He don't know his history. He don't have no political standard. He has no identity. So whatever I choose to do to him, I'm going to get away with it. That's why there's another shooting and another shooting and another shooting and another shooting. And it doesn't matter how many times we protest. See, in the 60s, that shit was new. Oh, my God. They coming together as unity. They feared that. Now they know you're not unified. It's all kind of motherfuckers at the protest. Matter of fact, it's more so-called white people than your people at the protest. Because <laughs> they getting paid $25 an hour to show up for Black Lives Matter. Salute. Right, y'all don't want to hear the real truth. Truth hurts. But let's look at this. The vagrancy law. This is this is one of the most stomach-turning joints right here. The, 
Now, the vagrancy law, section two, be it further enacted that all freedmen, free Negroes and mulattoes in this state over the age of 18 years found on the second Monday in January 1866 after slavery, or therefore with no lawful employment or business. Now, my nigga, I was working for free. You so-called freed me. Now I'm trying to get shit right. Y'all won't make it right. And you saying, oh, you ain't got no job? You ain't got no business? Well, I'm gonna lock you up and make you a slave again. Free man. Right. On Monday in January 1866 or thereafter, with no lawful employment or business or found unlawfully assembling. See? Just niggas gathering on the corner, just in the cipher, like we still do, just building, sharing camaraderie and light with each other. That's a threat, because y'all might be plotting on something. Y'all might be plotting on getting revenge of the slavery we had y'all under. See, they still can't sleep at night. Every day they still looking like, is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the day when these people come to their senses and unify? Because once we unify and say we all want our fucking reparations, now they got to come up. But if they keep us in all these different clubs and all this other stuff, they ain't even got to have a conversation. These people have no identity. We ain't got to talk to them. Because we all keep calling ourselves an ideology, a group, a club, a belief system, when we're a nation of people that are do what we do. Ain't no fucking handout, my nigga. Y'all always what y'all always. Every bank in this, in the history of this country, is founded off of slave money. Chase, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, all all of these damn banks, the insurance companies, life, all these all these companies got their wealth off the backs of our ancestors. Y'all not gonna make that make sense? Y'all ain't gonna make it right with us? Y'all just gonna keep making slave movies, reminding us of the treatment y'all y'all caused on us, but no compensation. Not even an apology. And we cool with that? We just got a few rappers and a few fake-ass billionaires like Jay-Z. Come on, man. At the end of the road, all of them niggas is going to get everything confiscated from them. Render unto, Caesar, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Just ask all the entertainers of our times. Ask Prince. Ask Mike. You don't leave this life alive with your masters. See, all of them niggas think they, they reinvented the wheel. And I'm, I'm oh, man, I'm they, I'm they new nigga. They go, they going to do fair business with me. Okay, how did, how did they do Kanye? Then got him back into a slave contract. Come on, man. We just lost double the amount of money after we fired you. Let's hire you back so we can sell the shoes that we can't sell. Unless they have your name on it. And then, of course, he fell for it. Like our people do. Because when he stood up, nobody was standing with him. And he thought he had friends in the industry and all the people he helped make money. And they don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know I'm... I'm going all over the place, but all of this is connected because it's showing you the treatment that's happening to our people collectively. All right? And if it's not bothering you, what are you paying attention to in this time? Oh, you got your job? You're cool? Oh, I'm working. Oh, brother, I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't affected by racism and all this, brother. I'm working. Well, they showed you in 2020 they stopped the wheels of industry. You think they're not going to do that shit again? <laughs> Come 2024? Wait for it. That was just a drill. See, we keep thinking we out of this and we back to normal. Look around you, bro. What normal? I can show you city blocks after city block in New York City with abandoned businesses. Never to come back ever again. You, you think that's going to improve? We're, we're at a 17% rate of unemployment for so-called blacks. In fact, they say we're the people that were most affected during this shit. You don't think this was a psyop? You don't think this was targeted against our community? Yeah, I. Yeah, I. You ain't paying attention then.
Let's get back to this. In 1866, and therefore, with no lawful employment or business, or found unlawfully assembling themselves together, either in day or nighttime, and all white persons so assembling with freemen, free Negroes or mulattoes, or usually associating with them, free Negroes or mulattoes, on terms of equality, or living in a, an adultery or fornication, or fornication with a freed woman, free Negro, or a mulatto shall be deemed vagrants. And on conviction, therefore, shall be fined the sum not exceeding in the case of a freedman, free Negroes or mulattoes, 150, and a white man, $200. And in prison, at the discretion of the court, the free Negro not exceeding 10 days, and the white man not exceeding six months. So they saying these whites, if they was found congregating with us, talking about, yeah, man, y'all should y'all should be equal and y'all should get y'all shit back and y'all, they would lock the white up for doing that. They would lock us up for gathering together, trying to trying to come together and organize. See what's going on? Section seven: Be it further enacted that if any freeman, free negro, or mulatto shall fail or refuse to pay any tax levy according to the provisions of the sixth section of this act it shall be prima facie evidence of vagrancy and it shall be the duty of the sheriff to arrest such free man free negro or mulatto or such person refusing or neglecting to pay such tax and proceed at once to hire for the shortest time such delinquency taxpayer this is crazy such delinquency taxpayer where we at refusing to neglect to pay such tax and proceed at once to hire for the shortest time such delinquent taxpayer to anyone who will pay the said tax with a cruising cost giving a preference to the employer if there be one so what they're saying is your ex-slave master could pay your tax and put you back in slavery but they taxed you for being freely on the damn street just chopping it up with your people See, this whole concept of tax is all bogus. Remember, there's no tax thing in the Constitution. They're talking about taxing of corporations. Now, are you a corporation? Yeah, by way of your birth certificate. <laughs> by way of your status black. You're still their laborer. You're still their worker. And they have us classified as such. That's not changing until we collectively come together to address the issue. Now, we keep acting like we're being treated equal. Okay. Tell that to your babies. Look your babies in the eye confidently and tell them that. Tell them you really own your house. Because there might be some people listening. I don't need to tell my brother. I'm a property owner. I got my own business. I own my own house. But don't pay your property tax and I guarantee you they'll confiscate that shit. So do you actually own the land or are you leasing the house? Because even the mortgage shit was a fraud. And Bank of America and all these other Wells Fargo got caught up in the fake mortgage uh, transactions and all that shit too. So which means nobody really still owns their property, especially if you classify yourself as Negro, Blacks, and Colors. Talk to a lot of those people in foreclosure. <laughs> Talk to those people to get their shit confiscated by property taxes that are fraudulent. See, we keep individually thinking, because I made it individually, that you don't give a fuck about how your people are being treated at large until they got you in their crosshairs and your house is foreclosed on. Now you want the people to rally with you. When I'm saying, yo, we got to put some pressure on these people at large to get this shit right for our people. Not everybody, every other people. 
Because right now our people are catching hell. There was a story uh, a few weeks ago, two kids, you know, not to say it was right, they were stealing shrimp from the fish market in Harlem. Now, people are going through shit, like they can't even afford to put food on their table, can't find jobs during this fake pandemic that they created. And they saying this gonna go back to normal when the only people making money is they people. But these two young brothers go into the store and they fight, you know, some of the workers in the store and one gets killed. The worker stabs up both of these people, kills one of the brothers, and the governor just vacated the arrest warrant for murder. So this Spanish uh, employee, remember, it's all about the class system. This Spanish uh, person who's represented by, you know, the Bodega Association for the Puerto Ricans and the Spanish, and, and it's not to make us against them. It's not that. What I'm saying is all these other groups have representation, and we don't. So these two brothers, one is killed, the other one's charged with robbing the store and stealing, and they both got stabbed up. And the workers, you know, just getting charged with assault. Crazy shit. But they're not looking at the conditions that caused these brothers to be so hurt in their pride. Just think of that. You in the store stealing shrimp, but you really, like, probably ain't got no food to put on your table. So imagine the mindset of these brothers that's running into the store. I gotta get it. But what happened? In 2020, they allowed people to run into the stores. So it's like, why did y'all create these drills and then show these images to the kids that, yo, I can go up in the store and get it? You don't think they're going to revisit that shit? Like, this, this, this country is a powder keg right now where all of these situations are going to revisit us. This stuff ain't changing. And the fact that we're not holding these people accountable that caused these conditions to where people got to be running into the stores. None of that money that was supposed to help the people actually went to the people. These corporations lined their fucking pockets. These politicians lined their pockets. And then they blanked the fraud on the fucking people, which is cap. Because, yeah, it was some fraud happening. Low percentage opposed to these corporations that got billions of dollars in bailout money that the taxpayers got to pay back. So they duped you. They cashed out on the money and then put the debt back on the people like they always been doing. Man, this is crazy. I'm going to get back to the book, man. I know I've been I've been bouncing around, guys, but this is crazy. You know, this is crazy because they show you these situations and we keep thinking that, you know, well, as long as I'm not individually affected, you know, I'm getting it. I'm out here getting to it. I'm getting to the bag and, you know, everybody got to find a new way to make some money when they're showing you how they can crush economies just with a headline. Right. Everybody said, let's invest in Bitcoin. They showed you how they wiped out the Bitcoin surplus. And many of these corporations and celebrities all got paid and told you to invest into these fraudulent companies. Now all the banks are investing in Bitcoin. Ain't that a bitch. Why I'm going over this and I'm adding this into the book review, because I'm just trying to show you that I'm not just a person just trying to, you know, well, why are we so invested in history and why we got to be worried about something that happened? If you don't know what happened, you can't understand what's happening. If you don't know what happened, you can't understand what's happening. Because if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. So this whole concept of this 40 acres and a mule, they never agreed to give us any fucking thing. That 40 acres and a mule was just a proposal in which they also turned down. This is why today they're still talking about creating a commission to talk about reparations. My nigga, how many slave movies y'all put out? 
Y'all know what y'all did. Why y'all gotta talk in me? And, and how much are we gonna give them? And how much is their suffering worth to us? When y'all made billions of dollars showing our suffering on the big screen and all these slave movies. Y'all printed seven trillion dollars during the pandemic. That money that y'all didn't have. But how is it y'all don't have money when y'all print the money? Y'all right. Y'all right. Going back, they were talking about these black codes. Thomas uh, facilitated between his obligation to aid the freedmen and his unwillingness to violate the laws of the state until ordered to ignore those laws by Howard. By December 1865, Thomas reverted to his earlier position and informed Howard that the freedmen only wanted the right to buy property and to be paid for their labor, to, to protection before the courts, and to have schools and churches and freedom from personal abuse. That's all our people been asking for all through history. Now, still to this day, we don't got that. How the fuck are we equal? It gave you the illusion of inclusion. That's that W.E.B. Du Bois, Talented 10th bullshit. Where you see a fraction of our people living in nice neighborhoods, right? They talk white, and, and you living next to white people, and you, nigga, we made it, right? The Jay-Z's of the world, the Pete Diddy's of the world. When you look around and your people are fucking suffering. If my people ain't free, I ain't free. If my people ain't free, I ain't free. And that's the concept we need to adopt. But they got us all in this individualized freedom. Where you could be my temporary slave. Right? Because most of these celebrities are slaves to their fame. I keep saying that. Ask Wesley Snipes. They hit with that tax evasion bullshit charge and locked him up. Ask Chris Rock. Nine million dollars he owes the IRS. Nigga, how you owe the IRS nine million dollars if you ain't made nine million dollars? Right, because that's the trick the devil pulled. Devil gonna keep all receipts on everything he give you. Don't sell out. That's what it is to sell your soul for all this shiny shit, all this prestige, and you thinking you're gonna be somebody. First you're famous, then they make you infamous. Right. They tear down everything that you built. Ask Bill Cosby. He was America's dad, my nigga. White kids was eating jello out his ears in the commercial, man. He could do no wrong. And what happened? They unsyndicated all his TV shows. He can't make shit off his intellectual property. Threw that nigga out. He gets out of jail from a conviction on some Tupac shit. Oh, we're going to reverse a conviction. Make that make sense. Because the charges were bullshit. But that's how they give it up. Once we don't need you, we throw you back to your people. We take everything we gave you. You want to be a part of that? Yeah, all right. And all of these so-called historically black colleges, none of them are founded by black people. But yeah, we keep spending money to go there. And we thinking we accomplishing something. I guarantee you they're not going over books like this at them historically black colleges. It's all fucking cap. Miss me with that, my nigga. Miss me with that fake black pride. Black says you have no identity. Now, if you, you want to agree that you're a melanated being, salute. But if you want to agree that you're the original American on this land here before they showed up and you wasn't stolen from a land, then we can have a conversation. Because I keep saying, you keep saying we going back to Africa. When we going, bro? What part of Africa you going? Why don't you know which part you were taken from? See, I keep reiterating this story because the only people I find myself arguing with is my own people. 
when I keep telling them, yo, that's the status they put on us. And they can keep treating us fucked up and shoot us in the streets because we keep saying we don't exist. We keep saying, treat us like you treated us when you implemented the black codes. Right. George uh, Davis Tilson submitted a plan to Howard for colonizing freedmen in the southwestern Georgia. Some of the men had accumulated from $100 to $500 and were anxious to purchase land for themselves. One society of freedmen had already saved over $7,000 and planned to raise that amount to $10,000. Tillman sent two members of the society to Thomas County to examine and make arrangements to purchase land. Since the whites in the area wanted assurance of white leadership of the colony, he appointed Major Hastings as commander. He also asked the American Union Commission to supply the seeds and implements needed by the colonists. The only expense to the government was the cost of transportation. In addition, Tillman suggested without success that the American Union Commission purchase a large tract of land, well-selected land in southwestern Georgia to be sold to the freemen at cost. In this way, speculators would not be able to take advantage of them. In North Carolina, a former Union Army officer suggested that northern men, including bureau agents, form a company to buy land which could be cultivated immediately. Freedmen would be employed as wage laborers to work the land under the supervision of an agent of the company. <laughs> and pay attention. This is another proposal. So even when our people raised thousands of dollars of their own money, they wouldn't even sell us the land, let alone give you your 40 acres and a mule. Do you see what's going on? Treatment of one group of people. Because if everybody's free, everybody's equal, right? That's how it's supposed to go, right? So how is it you can't even get land if you got the money. You ain't even asking the government. We saying, yo, we raised our own money. Where the land at? They ain't gonna sell it to us. You remember the movie Raising in the Sun? Raising in the Sun, great play. Raising in the Sun was about a family that, that the, the, the head of the family, the father dies and the mom gets an insurance policy. So there's an insurance policy, she's able to buy her own first home. So she buys her first home and she buys it in a nice neighborhood. So the whites in the whole neighborhood, they offered to give her double what she paid for the house to move out the neighborhood. That was the first concept of gentrification. So this was happening after slavery. Even when we had our own money saved up, the government wouldn't even sell us the motherfucking land. Make that make sense. So he, he's, he's uh, implementing another proposal and he's saying, you know, we could hire them as laborers and they could work their own land and then in a few years they could pay off the land. So they, they wasn't talking about giving you no 40 acres in a mule. They still was talking about making you a slave after slavery ended. Now when Kanye say slavery is a choice, yeah, it's a choice. Because you're still a part of a system that's enslaving you and you fail to address your enslavement. Ah, oh, they're treating us good. They good white folks. Right? Niggas got that kind of complex. They good white folks. When if you benefit from an institution of, of slavery and you, you, you're not saying nothing about people that were oppressed, fuck out of here. You're not good nothing. And I don't wish no harm on you, but I'm not going to pretend to be your friend. You know what I'm saying? They gave us the illusion of inclusion. You think because you could talk with a few so-called white people and, hey, what's up, Tom, and wave to your neighbors that they give a fuck about the freedom of your babies. 
that ain't what we're talking about. And that's the thing. A lot of our people are too busy pretending to get along. I just want to be treated nice by these people. Let something go missing in your white friend's house and they're going to look at their nigga friend. I guarantee you they're going to come to their senses. Keep it a buck with me. See, a lot of our people be buck dancing and shit like, you know what I'm saying? This ain't in, innate in these people's nature. Now, I'm not saying that you got to hate these people, but I'm saying don't be a fool about somebody's nature. The company will select those who proved to be the most industrious and sell them the farm and sell them from 10 to 20 acres on reasonable terms to be paid over a long period of time. The freedmen would be given title to the land. Howard encouraged Assistant Commissioner uh, Wetlessy to foster this plan and any scheme which will ensure the freedmen homes and farms of their own. Blacks in Virginia proposed that the freedmen not depend on northerners to purchase land for resale, but rather they form local associations. Members would make regular payments of small installments, thereby creating a fund to purchase land for subscribing members. The association would hold a mortgage on the land until the sum advanced by the association and the interest be paid, at which time the purchaser would receive clear title to his land. Other blacks believed that only through government action could a sufficient amount of land be secured for freedmen. Although the New Orleans Tribune had opposed the poll tax on black laborers in March 1865, it apparently did not represent the sentiment of all blacks. So what I'm reading, they're going over all of these different proposals of how to give us land. And i.e. not give because they were talking about policies of, all right, we could work the land for a few years and then uh, we could pay it off. And then we'll finally own the title free and clear. All of these different uh, proposals, they kept shooting down one after another because the proposal all diluted to us being landowners. And when you become a landowner, you're equal with a free white person. Henceforth, free white person just meant a person who owned land and had the right to vote. It had nothing to do with your skin color. In fact, if you look at the law uh, definition for free white person, it's going to mention Africans in there too. <laughs> right. Because you were the landowners. Virginia suggested that Congress levy a tax of $5 on every black adult male and $1 on every black female in the entire country. So they was going to tax us to raise the money to buy the land to give to us. <laughs> really? He believed that in this manner, a sum of two million two hundred and forty four thousand could be raised to be applied to the purchase of land for the freemen. Because of the, the depressed economic conditions prevailing in the South and the conclusion of hostilities, some bureau agents uh, concentrated on restoring the economy as a means of assisting the freedmen. One agent in Virginia proposed that the government settlement, uh, excuse me, that the government settle the freemen on 40 acre tracks. Now listen to this part. One agent in Virginia proposed that the government settle the freemen on 40 acre tracks and furnish each family a pair of mules or horses, a set of harnesses, a wagon or cart, a set of farming implements, seeds, rations, and forage. He suggested that out of the proceeds of the first crop, the government would collect the cost of rations, seeds, and forage, and then pay out of the balance one-third to the owner 
and two-thirds to the cultivator. The team's implements, harness, and cart were to be sold to either the owner or the cultivators. As soon as they were able to purchase, in this manner, the freedmen would receive a fair return on their labor and would be able to save money to purchase land. This plan, unfortunately, was predicted, excuse me, was predicated on continued control of abandoned lands by the Bureau. The restoration of property rendered many freedmen homeless. Most of the plantation owners, impoverished by the war, were unable to utilize all their land. Hence, their need for the service of their former chattels diminished considerably. One owner in Virginia informed the freedmen that the government had returned the land to him. He offered to sell at $300 per acre, then drove off all who could not afford to buy or would not pay his price. The freedmen requested that the government take some action to provide them with homesteads. The situation prompted a refusal in December 1865 by bureau agents in Virginia. So that 40 acres and a mule that they said they promised you, that was a proposal that they refused. And they were talking about these slave masters that got their property confiscated after the Civil War. The government gave them their fucking property back. <laughs> and then they came to you, ex-worker, I'll sell you the acre at $300 an acre when the acres were going for $1.25. See what's going on? Only to one group of people. But the poor whites could get the land gifted to them. Many of them could buy the land at $1.25 an acre. They wouldn't even sell it to us, even if we were free. But you equal, right? Okay. Even still, to this day, you got banks uh, perpetrating mortgage fraud. You already know the Fannie Mae and the Freddie Mae, all that. You already, I ain't got to go into that. All that's still taking place. Wells Fargo got fined $2 billion in 2021. All that's still taking place. Ain't nothing changed, but we keep thinking that the times have changed. Okay. Keep following these influencers <laughs> that are influencing you not to use your goddamn common sense. Man, so they turned down this concept of this 40 acres and a mule. They never agreed to give us that shit. And we still saying we don't need reparations. We still saying that we don't need them to make it right. Well, don't even tell your, your damn babies about slavery. Because the children of today, they come in here looking for answers. So what happened after slavery ended? What was made right? Oh, you got the right to fill out an application? To work for their company? I got you. Equality, my nigga. I got you. <laughs> Word. In spite of the precautions taken to protect the freedmen, many were evicted by their former owners. Brown estimated that in the, the, the district of Southern Virginia alone, some 20,000 would be displaced as a result of the president's restoration policy. The American Missionary Association, on the other hand, estimated in their report to President Johnson in November in 1865 that actuality, some 105,000 freedmen in Virginia were rendered houseless, homeless, and helpless. See what's going on? So they kicked you off the land that you was living on when, when you were so-called working for the masters, and then the master's no longer the master, but then they confiscate his land, give him his land back. He ain't got nobody to work the land. He now hustling you to say, you want to work for me? I'll pay you. But then they wasn't paying you what you was worth. So you still became another slave. 
And if you didn't want to go back into slavery, like Ye saying it being a choice, you were homeless, landless, and helpless. After all of these corporations, including your government, got rich generationally off your fucking ancestors. Make that make sense, my nigga. Make it make sense. And I hope the way I'm speaking is, is reaching some people that got duped into thinking I live in a nice neighborhood. I, this don't affect me. Okay. T tell your babies that you, that you acquired your freedom. Right. Your physical shackles are off. But niggas got mental shackles on their chains, on their brains daily. A delegation from the association requested that the president either retain all the land promised to the freedmen by Congress. See, because Congress promised us that land. And then every proposal that that ended up on their desks that just insinuated us being property owners, they denied that shit. Can't have these niggas really being equal because then they won't need us. See, we're not saying we need this government. We saying, yo, my nigga. Why y'all keep dangling all the profits y'all made off us generationally and keep telling us, yeah, when y'all gonna get it together? And yet y'all still implement policy that keeps us disenfranchised. Now we're not talking about no individual success. That's not real. Because I don't care where you live, what zip code, and how much you got in your bank account, when them cops pull you over, let you act like you black. Right. They gonna remind your dumb ass real fast. Ask Oprah, they got billions of dollars when, when, when she was racially profiled in that store in Europe and they closed the door on her ass. They said, you're shoplifting. They know it's Oprah, you're shoplifting. They thought she was some regular black person. Right, I'm not a nigga, I'm OJ. And then what happened to OJ? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Jay-Z rapped about it, but he think he's Jay-Z, he's not OJ. When you ain't no difference either, bro. Wait for it. Pride comes before the fall. Because all these people sold us out collectively. They got to the table to have these conversations and they refused to have the conversations. My nigga had, Obama had his music in the playlist and nobody for eight years had a conversation with Obama about reparations. That's why they laughing at us. We ain't talking to you niggas. Y'all ain't talking to homie for eight years. Right, we was just partying and dancing. My president is black. We was all jeezy the fuck out, right? Everybody was just hype off the concept of it and never understood, well, wait a minute. It don't matter what color the person is in that seat. What policy is he pushing? Who's working around him? What type of Congress we got? What type of judges are sitting in those seats? That's the stuff we should have been looking at. I'm telling you, I'm not on my soapbox, man. I'm, I'm, I'm qualifying with scholarship when I speak, family. And I don't want you to misconstrue my words. You know, it's just, oh, it's an angry black guy. I ain't black, B. Don't even call me that. You know what I'm saying? Because that, remember, that's that's not a legal identity. Let's be real here. No, I'm going to offend a lot of people that don't understand what I'm talking about, but I hope it offends you enough to the point that you start researching what I'm putting down. That's all. That's all I want. Continuing on, he objected to any plan to establish separate colonies of freedmen on public lands. He considered it necessary for the Negro to be inter, inter, interspersed with the white population. The delegation also visited Secretary of War Stanton to enlist his support. Stanton pointed out that the abandoned as well as confiscated lands should have been given to them, the Negroes. 
beyond recall. And the government, having freed the slaves, was bound to provide for the helpless and suffering among them, to the fullest extent to which master was morally bound before emancipation. So they're fighting, saying, yo, isn't this what we agreed to do? Why this isn't this why they they hype many of us to fight in the Civil War? Because promises were made to us? And did you know that thousands of the so-called black soldiers in the Civil War never got fucking paid? Still owed money? Their families still fighting and petitioning for the money for the soldiers that were never paid? They ain't tell you that in history class, huh? Right. This is the kind of shit that we gotta talk about that never was made right. When George Whipple reported the outcome of the delegation's visits to Johnson and Stanton, Howard promised that if the American Missionary uh, Association or any other organization would indicate its good faith by guaranteeing to provide 10 black families who were dependent on the government with tools, stock, huts, and adequate supervision, he would provide the transportation and rations necessary to establish them on homesteads under the Homestead Act of 1862. Let's stop there. So what was the Homestead Act of 1862? See, pay attention. A lot of these poor whites that were freed after slavery, because many of them were sharecroppers as well, they didn't have no fucking money, they didn't own no slaves, none of that. That was a fraud perpetrated through all the history books. So during this Homestead Act, they confiscated millions of acres of land from these plantation owners and uh, adjoining lands you know, in the areas, and they gave them to poor whites for $1.25. And in fact, the Homestead Act gave them free land that if they just worked the land for about five years, paid the taxes and, you know, paid back for the supplies of farming, that they would get the title of the land free and clear. So here's the thing. Remember, the black holes are in place. So if you're in a state where black holes, where you are supposed to be allocated 40, 50 acres, 100 acres, right? Or if you had the money to buy the acres, but if you were classified as black, the land ain't for sale. In fact, we're going to find a white to give the land to. But you free, right? Let's look at this. I want to go over this, this Homestead Act because there were two Homestead Acts implemented. There was the one of 1862 and the Homestead Act of 1866. And this is key because this is how they gave up a lot of the land to the poor whites and they became landowners where they could... Uh, practice generational wealth because what I'm talking about I'm not talking about a handout name me a list of our people that can exercise generational wealth when you're talking about the fake Jay-Z's the fake Beyonce's because Beyonce's company just got damn near about to get pulled from Adidas we not making money off you ma <laughs> we about to Kanye you so like they showing you how they can back out of a deal when you're no longer a good earner for so that generational wealth we keep talking about and he owns his masters and all this other shit at the end of the day up top he's still a worker for these people and they don't want you to be a responsible handler of power they don't want you to be truly independent of their system and that's why we keep talking about this system what i'm saying is like let us be to determine our own destiny and that's not happening y'all keep implementing policies that fuck us over and keep saying what oppression what foot on your neck? I don't know what you're talking about. Could you explain it to me? They keep playing dumb because we keep acting dumb. As to what happened and the conditions we still find ourselves under. So the Homestead Act of 1862 passed on May 20th. 
The Homestead Act accelerated the settlement of the Western Territories by granting adult heads of the family 160 acres of surveyed public land for a minimal filing fee and five years of the continuous residence on that land. Listen to what they just said, family. 160. We couldn't even get 40 acres still to this day. But this act was allocating 160 acres. Now, an acre of land is equivalent to the size of a football field. So they was giving 160 football fields away. Here you go. To anybody that could work the land, farm the land for a few years. Now, who could work and farm the land other than people that were forced to work and farm the land for hundreds of years? See, we're going to give these guys first dibs because we caused so much pain to them. Oh, you're too kind. But then they implemented these stipulations that basically made sure we wouldn't qualify for something that was supposed to be solely for us. And it all became accessible to these poor whites. Pay attention. The Freedmen's Bureau was the first concept of welfare. But do you know that 45% of the so-called white population is below the poverty line and they are welfare recipients? Whole counties of these people? In fact, Brett Farr was, was behind... Yeah, the football guy. He was behind a, a four billion dollar, uh, a four million dollar scam to defraud the welfare system. White boy. Yeah, they all been about that. But they'll tell you, oh, you niggers always want a handout, and I pay my taxes when their land was given to them through an act that was supposed to give land back to the people that were enslaved. The Homestead Act enacted during the Civil War in 1862 provided that any adult citizen or intended citizen who had never borne arms against the U.S. government could claim 160 acres of surveyed government land. Claimants were required to live on the land, improve their plot by cultivating the land. After five years on the land, the original filer was entitled to the property, free and clear, except for a small registration fee. Title could also be acquired after only a six-month residency and trivial improvements, provided the claimants paid the government $1.25 per acre. Now, they just said our people had thousands of dollars saved up, and they wouldn't sell them the land. But they'll sell it to everybody else. But we're equal, right? This is crazy. So now... The, the, the Homestead Act of 1866, because the one from 1862, they kept repealing it, repealing it, because it all applied to so-called poor whites. They were finding a way to edge us out of the act. So they created another one, the Act of 1866. In the United States, federal law enacted to break a cycle of debt during the Reconstruction following the American Civil War. Prior to this act, blacks and whites alike were having trouble buying land. See? Even when they implemented the first act, they were still making sure a select few could buy those large plots of acres. So later, uh, blacks and whites alike were having trouble buying land. Sharecropping and tenant farming had become ways of life. This act attempted to solve this by selling land at a low price so Southerners could buy it. Many people, however, could still not participate because the low prices were still too high. See what's going on? And then they started to just give the land to the poor whites. 
Then they had the farming uh, grant subsidies and the land grab grant subsidies where they would give them money to farm to work the land in order to meet the uh, qualifications to acquire these hundreds of acres. But then our people were cut out of the farming subsidies. You niggas better figure it out the best way you can. But we equal, right? I'm going over policy in this country that has never changed, regardless of what you think. This is interesting shit here, yo. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go too far into this, but I will say I encourage everyone to pick this book up. It's a lot more uh, powerful shit in this book. And I, and I just want to highlight the fact that they tried to implement different proposals state by state. They tried to give us, you know, they had 500,000 uh, acres of public land in Florida. All they needed was the military to transfer transfer the, the poor families, our families, many of the people that couldn't get to Florida to even get the land. But they were willing to work and many of them had their own money. They just needed transportation to get to the land. They denied that. Nah, we don't have the right to give them the land in Florida. When they confiscated the lands all across the country and then gave it back to the people that were pushing this institution of slavery. Because as I said, the only people compensated after slavery were the slave masters. They got confiscated for all their people that were newly freed. And then many of the people, they rehired them and still locked them into contracts where they underpaid. How many of you still at your job still getting underpaid? How many of you got your small businesses where you can't get funding? I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying, yo, we going to keep acting like because one or two people end up getting some funding for their business that we all made it when it should be a, a, a level playing field for everyone to compete. Because our people ain't never been about no fucking handouts. We talking about what you owe with interest. Like every other people want to be compensated. Try telling the fucking Jews y'all don't deserve reparation. Try telling them that. Try telling them we, we, we shouldn't even put the, a commission together to get y'all niggas no money. Just make a movie as if they never gave them compensation. And then they kept making all these movies talking about the Holocaust, but never compensated the people for the atrocities and the horrors they caused. See how that'll go down. See how that'll go down. In fact, the same people that are victims of Holocaust control Hollywood, that keep showing these fucking slave movies to our people, but don't want to talk about compensating us. This is the kind of podcast your babies need to be listening to because they want to get the truth down low. They want to get lit. They don't want this kumbaya, let's get along shit. Nah, bro, that's not progress. And that's why as a people, you still don't feel like we made any progress. But individually, yeah, you move to another zip code. You got a bigger house that can be confiscated at any time because it's no unity. And they promote that it's no unity because that's what they fear. They fear that we unify under this one conversation of, uh-oh, and y'all never made it right. And we not talking about nothing else until y'all make it right. Big facts. This is crazy, B. They had 1,376,000 acres of land in Florida that they confiscated. The government that they could have gave to our people, sold to our people, and they denied both proposals. We not selling, we not selling it and we damn sure ain't giving it. So who got the land? <laughs> right See When they say they white They don't feel they better than you Because of their skin color Because their skin ain't white When they say they white They say I'm a landowner 
I got property that I could pass down to my babies. You nigga, work for me. You ain't passing nothing down. And that's the reality. It ain't got nothing to do with skin color, B. Class system. Class system. Man, this is powerful stuff here, guys. So I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close out on this. This is one of my favorite books. 40 Acres and a Mule, The Freedmen's Bureau and Black Land Ownership by Claude F. O'Brien. I encourage everyone to add this book to your library. This is the book review. This is the Third Eye High podcast. I am your host, JF Bay. I'm just here to shine my light your way to help you find your light switch and keep your light lit. And here at Third Eye High, we deal with a higher consciousness of a fire culture. And I guarantee you, anybody listening, if you went to an HSBCU, you ain't heard about nothing we talking about. You probably never even heard about this book. But this is why my podcast and podcasts like this are important for the times we're in. And in the, the days of cancel culture and the days of censorship and all this other stuff. And this is an independent podcast. I run all this out of my own pocket. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that in the following ways. First and foremost, you spent your most important donation. You paid attention. So I'm compensated. I give thanks for everyone just paying attention. Because in, in the times where nobody got an attention span, everybody's just TikTok scrolling. Man, I, I salute you for listening to a podcast for an hour and a half. This is an investment, right? I didn't take your time. I'm not trying to entertain you. Are you not entertained? Everybody wants to be entertained. This is an investment in our story. That we can pass this story on to the baby so they can get it right. Not get duped like we got duped. Like our parents got duped. Like our grandparents got duped. You want to support the podcast? You can share the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. Third Eye High on all podcast streaming platforms. Don't cost you nothing. If you want to send a monetary donation, you can hit my cash at dollar sign far outflow. Dollar sign F-A-R-O-U-T-F-L-O-W. Dollar sign far outflow is my cash app. Other than that, you can continue to support by continuing to listen to the podcast. I give thanks. Because I'm going to do this work with with or without a donation. I don't do it for the likes. I do it for the love. I mean that. Until next time, this is the Third Eye High Podcast. I am your host, JF Bay. And remember to always keep your third eye high. Peace, love, and more light. And let's uh, shout out some of my listeners. Shouts out to Daryl. Uh, Suki, uh, Richard, uh, Trisha, Tiffany, Charlie, John, Mr. Two Extra, uh, Curtis, uh, Jenny, thanks for tuning in, Jennifer, Cecilia Grace, thanks for always tuning in, uh, Drew, uh, Granny Wowzers, <laughs> funny name, thanks for tuning in, uh, Dr. Robert, thanks for tuning in, uh, Fang Wang, Truly Julie, Kristen Brown, Black Pearl, uh, Shamina, uh, Justa Stevenson, uh, Chocolate Yoda, thanks for always tuning in, bro. Uh, Marilyn uh, Perryman, thanks for tuning in. Darlene Anderson, Ricky, uh, Elizabeth McClurkin, Smith James, Phoenix Prince, Spacey, and everyone listening to the podcast at large, I give thanks. And I'm telling you, in the times we're in, your attention is your most valuable currency. Spend it wisely, right? You could have been anywhere else on the planet Earth listening to anything but you chose to to invest in this story right that affects this country 
that affects generations, that affects all nationalities. Because I'm not speaking of hate. I'm not trying to say we got to hate one group of people. We're better than one group of people. I'm saying if we're all equal under God's son, make it right. That's it. Make it right. And we're not going to stop talking about this until it's right. We don't want the illusion of inclusion. We want progress for real. For the ancestors. Peace, love, and more light. Give thanks.